One, two, three. Welcome to the Smartest Amazon Seller Podcast. My name is Scott Needham. I describe myself as an Amazon software developer. I've been selling for a dozen years. Actually, just 10, not quite a dozen. And the goal of this podcast is really to dive into things. I like to get technical. And this is a great example. The subject that I have prepared, it is both technical and business lifting. I came across what we're going to talk about just a few months ago. I spoke with them at Prosper. It was a takeaway, and I've been very intrigued since. I have with me Shane Barker from Trace Fuse, and they do a service I've never heard of anyone doing in a way that I've never heard anyone doing it. And yeah, it could be a win-win. Shane, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, Scott, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, we've been talking about this for a while, but I've seen you over at Prosper, seen you here and there, and all of a sudden we're making magic happen. I'm excited. There you go. So Amazon, it's so interesting. Like as I like explore internet businesses, like there's so many different ways to monetize on the internet. And one that intrigued me is like some websites, their monetization is like reviews only. They are just like a review company. Actually, two days ago, I was with a guy, his company, all they do is they do like reviews for solar installation companies. And that is like a very attractive business model. But Amazon actually kind of has that business model inside of the marketplace reviews that customers, you know, they've collected reviews for as long as like probably 20 years on some SKUs, some of the books, you probably got reviews that old and quickly, you know, everyone became like, like, this is actually really valuable stuff. And Amazon, like, you know, they don't like to just like, they don't treat it willy nilly. In fact, there's some legal ramifications for treating it willy nilly. We'll get into that, but I just wanted to set the stage a little bit, talking about like reviews, Amazon product reviews. So critical to get your first five, 10 reviews on a product launch because people don't buy something that like, you know, that doesn't have any social validation. You've got a company that removes negative reviews and you're using AI and you're using the processes that you guys have designed. This is like the service that we're going to talk about. How did you get into this space? Yeah, good question. I started off in the SEO content marketing space and really influencer space. I used to teach at UCLA. I created, helped create their curriculum over there. So I have a background in digital marketing. Like I literally have been doing digital marketing. I was doing SEO before it was SEO. So I have a long history of that. I get bored easy. You know, I'm always, that's why I like digital marketing. Things were constantly changing. (laughs) Right. And so I, I like that challenge. And so I thought, boy, if I really want a challenge, I don't know if I really knew what I was getting into. And if I said, I really want a challenge and I should get into Amazon, right? I mean, I think Amazon sellers are listening. Obviously, it's like the challenge is there, right? It's like Amazon is the only thing I tell people, the only consistent thing with Amazon is change, right? Because there's constantly things going on. They're growing and evolving. And and we understand that. What I wanted to do is I always wanted to do a SaaS product, right? I had a good friends of mine that had created SaaS products. They're not easy to do. But once again, you get that you know, residual money each month. And once again, multiples and all the other fun stuff. I was always enamored by it, but I'm not a software developer. I'm not like you, right? Like I don't, I don't my brain is very different than that. Like somebody going and creating a software, like I could spell software, but I couldn't create software, right? right. Like I'm not, a, I'm not a coder, right? I, I can jump in and I can, I'm dangerous enough to look at stuff, but I'm not... I took a coding class and it did not go well. I won't tell you the grade that I got, but I will tell you that the, the poor teacher was like, well, just he, stick he, with marketing. Here's an irony. I get an Amazon data still daily, but I'm not a great front end developer. And so like, you know, as I've built out Smart Scout over the past two or three years, I've just taken a step back away from like, you know, hardcore coding and I kind of lead the developers now. 
which is actually a really good skill to like, oh, here's the data that's available on Amazon. If I, you know, do this, this, and this, then like, oh, this is valuable to do for people. So I know of a handful of software companies, even in the Amazon space that like, maybe they're not coding it themselves, but like, maybe they're not even coders. Yeah. Well, and that's me. I mean, that's, that's literally me. What I looked at was, you know, I started working with a, a number of different companies. Some of them would have, you know, be in the Amazon space as well in the e-commerce side of things. So once again, backlinks and articles and PR and that kind of stuff. Well, I realized through working with some of them that were working in the Amazon space that Amazon was very intriguing to me, right? Obviously, it was a growing platform. And this was probably about five years ago. And it, Amazon kept coming up in the conversation. And so I thought, why don't I jump onto Amazon? Why don't we try to figure out this Amazon thing, right? It looks like people are making some money over there. Once again, why not start another project? I only have 20 projects going over here. Why not do 21, right? For having less experience in the Amazon marketplace, you chose topic or that like, I actually don't think anyone has built any sort of like above board white hat solutions. No. They haven't. And I tell you, it's not easy. I can tell you, I was about three years into it, developing this out and talking with consultants and buyers and sellers and really kind of getting the lay of the land. I can tell you after three years of doing it, we had access to hundreds of sellers accounts. We were filing cases and we were getting still a hot zero from Amazon. So about three years into this, I was like, man, maybe I'm doing the wrong thing. Maybe I shouldn't have jumped on and tried to take on this thing called Amazon and look at these reviews. I just knew of people that I talked to, people that I'd interviewed, that the common problem was well, reviews. I've seen articles online that say you can't, you know, you go in the forums and be like, oh, you can't remove negative reviews. I was, so at Prosper, you saw me at Prosper, I had a shirt on that says we remove negative reviews. And I literally had four people come running up to me, like not walk up to me, come up, they go, you can't do that. How can you do that? That's, that's all black hat. He said, no, it's fully white hat. And they go, there's no way you can do that. So what it is, is that we, as sellers, what we're used to is not being able to remove negative reviews. What I had a seller tell me one time, which I thought was a great thing that they'd said, is they said, the review system is like, it's like having a, a rock in your sandals and you can't get the rock out of your sandals. It doesn't make it so you can't walk, it's just uncomfortable. And I thought, God, that's a great point, right? Like, because what everybody's saying, literally everybody is saying, hey, you can't remove negative reviews. Like that's just, once it happens, and so what happens is, is you have, unfortunately, people when there's money involved, they start doing some stuff that, you know, we're looking at from a black hat perspective. I've always thought that you could, specifically if like say there's profanity like really really obvious things that even if you have those obvious things it's still hard yeah it's still that's what i was just going to tell you like it can be blatantly against amazon's terms of service they could say s word f word s word s word s word a word and then it still potentially doesn't get taken down and so yeah. that's one thing that's interesting for us is that we have like three pillars of our success is the data that we've collected we have about 100 million reviews that we've collected over five years our methodology, so understanding which departments to file with. Because once again, when we're doing this, we're filing with Amazon and usually through Seller Central. Amazon is one removing the reviews. So when we say white hat, this is Amazon. People come to me and they go, well, how long? What happens if the review comes back up? And I'm like, won't. Like Amazon's removing this. There's no magic that I'm doing. It's literally the magic of what we're doing is filing amazing cases that where we give all the data to Amazon, right? Where Amazon doesn't have to go do the research. Because as a seller, I go, hey, Amazon, I'm getting attacked. Amazon doesn't have the resources or bandwidth to go, oh, let me go look into this. I'll spend two hours. We'll get our investigative team into it, look into this, right? Because this happens thousands of times a day. So what we do with that 100 million reviews that we've collected over the years is we build out a case. And so I'll give you an analogy that I use. So let's say pretty much anywhere in, in the US, if somebody breaks into your car and you call the police department, they're not going to come, right? They're like, listen, we got bigger fish to fry. We don't, we're not going to come to a three-hour report and come look at your car. Now, what we do, the analogy, I'll explain what that looks like. 
is what happens if we went and said, okay, we want to get this person arrested because they keep breaking into my car. If I had ring footage of them, if I had pictures of them, I had pictures of their license plate, pictures of their car, pictures of them breaking my window, and I had the glove they use, and I had some fingerprints, and I go into the detective and say, hey, you don't really, you can just look at this. It'll take you five minutes. You're going to see the person. I've done this. I've even got the guy's address for whatever reason. Who knows why we have that? The point is, is now the detective can go make an arrest. With Amazon, Amazon's not going to go do the research. So what we do is we build these amazing cases where they just have to click around and look and say, yep, looks like this was it. This was the sock puppet accounts. These are, they're writing some of the same reviews over multiple buyers accounts. Like there's a lot of things that we look at that we tie them in. We kind of, we call it like a Rico case. You know what they did with the mob where it's like, Giuseppe's in New Jersey and Guido's in Reno or wherever, like, and they tie these people in to say, oh, this is the mob organization. Well, we do that with buyer's accounts. So now we look at this and say, okay, imagine if there was three buyer's accounts and they all, three of them, three of the comments that they're all one-star reviews and three of those reviews were all the exact same comments. They were, this is the absolute worst product in the world with four explanation marks. Well, what is the likelihood that three buyers, all totally different areas of the world are writing the exact same comments? Well, they're not. Right. The probability of that is nothing like that. Nobody's going to be doing that. Now, if it said terrible product, maybe because it's two words. But if it's nine words and three explanation marks. So what we do is we tie that in. When we have the data, we can go to Amazon and go, hey, these buyers accounts, these are sock puppet accounts. Because what are the odds of these people all writing the exact what would same that Amazon would understand that. Would you say like because they probably don't understand like sock puppet or like fake account. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. What's funny is I literally saw yesterday a TikTok of someone has some stuff stolen from them and they got a video of the guy and they're like, oh, this is a local. And so what they did is they baited him again to steal stuff, but like Apple AirTags, like all over like this stuff. <laughs> and then like the cops actually, you know, they showed up because they had like, you know, this and this and this and this and this. Like they had that information. I'm like, yeah, cops look show up when they have like yeah. something to it's, do. It's no brainer. Right. I mean, you're giving them all the information. Like if I have to just go look through things, it takes me five minutes, then I don't have to go do an investigation and come and check the glass and do this and check footage. And they're not going to do a one or two day, you know, investigation into this because somebody stole your AirPods. Like it just doesn't work out that way. So what we do is say instead of Amazon, hey, do the research and please look into this, which we're not going to do. We give them all the information. We give a case to them where they look at and go, okay. And we ask, them, what is the probability? Like, what do we think this is the likelihood of this happening? Right. Like I'll give you another example. So. And we get this all the time, sellers, where a seller will say, hey, we used to get one one star a day on average. Let's say that's the average. And then all of a sudden we got 10 one stars in a day. So what we do is we go, we look at that and we go, hey, Amazon. So we've got Bob the buyer, right? So Bob the buyer is, and obviously I'm paraphrasing the things that we do, but what we do is we got Bob the buyer. And so Bob the buyer came and bought a product from us. What's the likelihood that he's going to give us a one star review? Well, there's a 20% chance. Let's say they're all even. One, two, three, four, five. Great, 20% chance. Bob the buyer hated our first product because he gave us a one star and decided to come back and buy a second one. What's the probability of that? Let's say it's a 5% chance, right? Didn't hate it the first one, buys the second one. Then we go, hey, Amazon, what's the likelihood he bought a third, a fourth, a fifth, a sixth, a seventh, an eighth, a ninth, and a tenth? It's zero. There's no probability. We, As humans, we don't go buy 10 products that we hate, right? And give them all one star reviews. Now, what's interesting is if we can go and prove that that buyer's account is a sock puppet account or a fake account, what happens with a lot of these guys and girls or whoever's doing this, they're giving us one stars, but guess what they're doing? They're also buying their own products and give themselves a five star. So guess what happens there? If we remove that buyer's account, my client loses all their one stars, they lose all their five stars, and guess what happens with sales in your BSR? I'll give you a hint, it goes up. Yeah. 
there's a lot of aspects to like how that impacts conversion and the, you know it's especially when things are head to head and if someone's sloppy this bob the buyer yeah that's pretty big now i tease this but like reviews are actually kind of a what would we call this protected speech to, for consumers the ftc which like protects consumers you know they get really fired up in like you know if people are being lied to you know this is probably where like marketing law would apply and they've actually gone after brands and sellers on amazon that manipulate and have done like shady things for example a very well-known brand i think this is like a vendor central brand so like they're selling you know millions they co-opted a page for a launch and like basically had like 500 reviews and they basically stole 500 reviews to like to launch and ftc just like actually sued that brand so obviously the fake accounts kind of like reviews i wanted to point out that there are black hat ways to like win and they're hard because amazon has closed a lot of gaps you know they're very smart they are absolutely throwing like millions of dollars in resources to be proactive here but we know that doesn't matter how smart your machine is that just means that a human has to do one step more than what they're looking at so there's all this black hat way to manipulate it but if you can get amazon to police their own system in the best way possible as you're just talking about that's what sets up this service that's why it's like different it's why you know bring you on the podcast let's talk about it ultimately why do people care so much is because there are very few things you control on your product page the battle is over like five or six things you got your title descriptions your price your prime badge and some of your uh copy and whatever but like what does everyone see that's above the fold that's right there every time is the reviews star rating so we were talking before the way that amazon averages or, or rounds the reviews do you want to explain that yeah i mean obviously there's a certain review count that what you get to and then you go up to either a four and a half stars or five stars what the consumer sees and those are going to be big drop-offs we have clients give you an example of client that came to us that that was at a 4.3 and dropped down to a 4.2 right and in that situation they lost almost 20 30 percent of their sales because of that so there are certain points right if we see We've been trained that if we see five stars, what do we do on Amazon? We just buy it, right? I mean, we're like, it's five stars. Like, why would I, I, you don't even, 99% of the people just purchase, right? Oh, click, we're good. That's social proof, right? That's not a problem. Hey, everybody's saying five stars. It's like, for me, it actually might be a little bit fishy. So like, you gotta have like real five-star reviews too. But you're in the Amazon space. So you understand it. 99 consumers don't. So they just look at it and go, oh, five stars, we're good. Like, I'm like, you're like me. Like when I look at people's marketing stuff, I won't click well, on something because the marketing's so good. Well, no, I'm no, like, I'm a marketer. For me, it's like five stars is like, okay, I'm still not sketched out. But like, if I believe it, I'm like, okay, this is actually really good. It's kind of like, yeah. it's like, okay, you're five stars. If you get over the hurdle, then I'm like all in, all in. No, that makes sense. So, you know, there's just a few like sanity checks that you got to do. But like generally four and a half stars, I'm like, I'm not judging things. I'm like, this is good. This is going to, you know, solve the problem. Four and a half feels realistic. There's going to be people loving people that hate it. Like we always, there was a thing that I'd read a while ago and they said, and this, I thought this was always interesting in regards to reviews is that like when, let's say it's Hillary Clinton, not to get any politics, but let's say that's, she comes out with a book, her reviews are either one or five stars because either people love her or they hate her. So her average is usually around three because that's what happens. You have people that buy your book that love you and people that hate you and buy your book. She's okay with it either way. She's got both things. So in this situation, 
what we're looking at is that if it's all five stars, if you have 10,000 five stars, and I'm like, that just seems a little fishy because there's got to be some people that don't like it, right? Like there's got to be something there. Yeah. Like you can't yeah. satisfy everybody. That just doesn't make sense. Yeah. So with this rounding or to the half star, that means like at 4.25, you know, if you are below that, you're going to be four stars. If you're above that, you're going to be four and a half and then 4.75. So you want to like, you want to stay above those hurdles. It's an investment to get above that hurdle or it's an investment to stay away from getting rung down. What you're saying is exactly right. It's We have two types of clients. We're either proactive or reactive. Proactive mm -hmm. is like, hey, I got a 4.3. I don't want to go down to a 4.2. So I'm going to you know, do be proactive and, and remove some of these one, two, and three stars. Reactive is like, oh, shoot, we were at a 4.3. Now we're at a 4.2. We got to catch back up. Obviously, it's a little harder. It's not impossible. If you were there at one point, you can get back there. But that's where removing the negative reviews, and we all know that you know a one star and a five star are not weighted the same, right? I've heard anything from one one star, if you remove it, it's the same as five five stars. I've heard anywhere up to 25 stars. So people have always thought, all I can do is add more four and five stars. There's nothing I can do about one, two, and three. Well, guess what? I'm here to tell you that there is. You can remove well, those. Well, that's a good question to follow up on. Let's say you know we have a thousand reviews and we have 50 one star reviews. How many of those one-star reviews can we shave off? Yeah, great question. So it really depends on the category, right? So our removal rate is anywhere from 5 to 15%. Sometimes it's a little higher, depending on, I'll kind of go into that. 10% is about that average, 10 to 13%. So what that means is a 5%, like we have a high-end brake company that's very unique product, $500. You're not going to go buy 10 of those and send them to Australia and give somebody a one-star review. Like it doesn't pencil out from an ROI perspective. Plus their product is so unique. There's not a lot of competition there for the most part. Now, if you're going into the supplements on the other side, supplements can be 15 plus percent, right? And the reason why that is, is because unfortunately, somebody figured out a long time ago, hey, I can pay to give you bad reviews. It pushes you down on the BSR. I go up in the BSR. I can spend $1,000 and I'm making an extra $5,000 a day because I went up in the BSR. So unfortunately, somebody figured out that math a long time ago. And in a lot of the categories on Amazon, you get to a situation where if you're a supplement person, you go and you're, you're a provider or a manufacturer and you start getting attacked, like you didn't go into business thinking you were going to attack people. But the problem is if you're being attacked, I've talked to them where you know, six months later, they're attacking people. I don't really want to do this, but I have to, to like to continue what we're doing because I'm being attacked and they're attacking me. I've got to attack them. And it turns into this thing that it didn't have to be. Right. And so that's where these negative reviews they're not going away. And unfortunately, they just keep coming. And so like with our supplement companies that we work with, we have 15 plus percent that we can remove. We've seen 20, 30, 40 percent on some of them, because if we have, if we can do that Rico case and we can find three or four or five buyers accounts, I had one of our supplement providers. This is our biggest one. We removed 177 one-star reviews because we found out all kinds of fake buyers accounts and we filed an escalation email with Amazon, but we removed 177 one-star reviews. And there was also hundreds of five-star reviews that got removed because this guy, the people who were attacking him, was also using them to buy his own products. So this guy shot up in the BSR. I mean, he gave me a call. He was freaking out. He's like, what did you guys do? And I was on a call. Is everything okay? And he's like, yeah, dude, our sales are through the roof right now. Like, I don't know what you guys did, but call me back. Great. I call him back. And I was like, so you're happy? He goes, yeah. But he was freaking out because he was like, well, I don't know what magic you guys did. And I said, I went and talked to the team because the team's doing the stuff as I'm on meetings. And they said, yeah, we were able to tie in all these buyers' accounts and Amazon just removed them all. 
So that's where you're seeing crazy results or that's where our 15% can be 20, 25, 30, 40%. That doesn't happen all the time. But if we see that through the data, then guess mm -hmm. what? We're absolutely going to file that for our clients. Yeah. And so it just as you hearing you talk about that, this is a combination of like, you know, computers and people interpreting and learning and, you know, making the decisions. That's exactly it. Yeah. What we do is we actually create a sheet that has all the reviews, right? And so people can go and they click the ones, the reviews they want us to go after. Not this specific reviews, but the specific ASINs. So yeah. we say, okay, great. There needs to be at least 500 critical reviews. And most of the clients that we work with have at least that. We grab those reviews, we run them through the software. And then what happens with the software is it gives us like a probability called a certainty score. It's an internal term that we use. And what the idea of it is, is that if it clearly talks about packaging or being late or, you know, somebody cusses in a review or talks about pricing or mentions a competitor, those are easier for us. Now, once again, as we all know, that doesn't guarantee Amazon's going to remove that, but we have certain, I say templates that we use, but our templates are constantly changing because Amazon could change a policy and we'll see that if we start getting denied. So we're constantly creating new templates and new, new yeah. things to be able to submit with Amazon. So what's going to happen is when we're filing those, you know, that's when we're starting to see like crazy, crazy success because of the, the way that we file those cases and Amazon's accepting those cases and saying, okay, you guys are filing good cases and you understand how to talk Amazon to speak Amazon, right? Because there is a there is a certain strategy and certain ways to talk to Amazon to be able to get them to respond. Well, we figured that out through filing thousands and thousands of cases. So our knowledge that we gain through that, you know, through AI and everything that we do now is now when we have a successful case or a failure case, we feed that into the AI and that's constantly changing our probability and, and our certain things that we do. All the filing that we do with Amazon is done manually. So the data that we get there is just to say, okay, this is where you should be filing this. And we train all of our people that are filing to file certain ways in a certain departments because of what they say. We do extensive training there, but everything that we do there is going to be done manually. So if we file a hundred cases and where there's 85 of them, we have a 15% success or removal rate. Let's say there's 85 of them, then we don't get paid for those 85. We only get paid for the ones that's all performance-based, no retainer, no upfront fee, no yeah, nothing yeah. like that. You know, the entire business model is actually very similar to the reimbursements, not only in like the analysis and the auditing, you know, the computer, the human assistance, and the way, you know, like it's performance-based, it's related, but also completely different in, yeah. you know, the goal that you're accomplishing. So that's what, I mean, I think it's really exciting and interesting. Yeah, I'm actually excited to see where you guys go. You know, you said you were like, I want to build a SaaS business. Well, what's interesting about SaaS businesses, if like, uh, I would love to do a study on this, is some of them like, some software businesses aren't, you know, just like pure SaaS. There's like a human layer. It's almost like yeah. a service. Yeah. Service that has technology that enables them, but so you, you kind of hit one of those unique SaaS businesses. We are definitely that. We're SaaS plus service, right? I mean, there's definitely right. a service factor to it, right? Where there's like, but the cool thing is, is that we do all the work and the, the clients get a dashboard where they can see all the reviews that we remove. They can click on them and see it. And so we have that on the back end. So they won't see, they'll see cases being filed through obviously Seller Central or who we file with. But yeah, we like to give all the data to the clients too, so they can see what's been removed. They can also see their star rating going up and different things going on there. Thinking into the future, what changes to Amazon's reviews have you seen or maybe that you would hope that they would make? Yeah, I mean, I mean, just recently there were some changes with Amazon. Amazon made it so you can only see so many reviews and even past reviews. Is that marketplace wide? From what we've seen. 
Yeah, it really was a situation. And, and we obviously, you know, collect all the reviews. So we have all those reviews. So we have a repository of, of those reviews. But yeah, so it's, it was an interesting change that Amazon made. Not sure why they did that. Because I, I just heard that. I went to like, okay, here's the page that we look at when we're, because actually Smart Scout, we scrape, we don't scrape like the reviews. We, we do it for <laughs> variations. We're like, okay, yeah. this is how many are tied to this variant and this variant and this variant. And that seemed like that was still working. But it only goes back a hundred now. Yeah, it's like it, it goes back a hundred. So that was a new change that they just made. So not you know, Amazon has its own reasons for that. It's not something that stopped us because once again, we have those that information and we're constantly you know collecting the the reviews on a daily basis. So for us, we don't have to go back ten days because we already have that information anyways. But yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. It's it's you know, Amazon is doing what they can to clean up the platform. You know, when it comes to things that are against their terms of service, but. For us, we look at like we're like an arm of Amazon, not that we're working, not that we're part of Amazon, but the idea that being we're making it, we're cleaning up the platform. So when we talk about like FBA refunds, they're asking for money back, which people get a little nervous about. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. But for us, we're saying, hey, we're just giving you all the information so you can look good, right? So you can clean yep. up the platform. So they really love us. Yep. I completely agree. I think ultimately you're persuading Amazon like, hey, this is against terms of service. We want your marketplace to be better. Here's how you do That's it. Exactly it. That's exactly it. We're uh, giving them the information and the knowledge. Yeah. Well, they already have the so, knowledge. We're just giving them the details. So the company you have the tool is called Trace Fuse. Yeah, it's TraceFuse.ai. So that's Trace with a C, Trace D R A C E F U S E dot A I. And you know, you're very prepared. You came with a link for people that listen to the podcast. If you just add smartest dash seller. We should have it in the show notes. You'll get a discount off of your first invoice. Yeah, tracefuse.ai slash smartest dash seller. That's if you're interested in the service. There's a lot of different creative ways that I, I'm sure the audience is very diverse that I have. That's the best way to describe the audience. It's diverse of people that like passion about Amazon. That's why they're jumping in on the, you know, like the things that we like to talk about, you know, getting nerdy because like, Amazon is kind of a, it feels like when you were describing getting into it, it's, it's a very competitive marketplace. Yeah. In a lot of ways, it's actually, I will describe it as mature, definitely matured a lot in the last like five, six years. You know, if you include COVID in on that, things that have gone like, I actually feel like it's matured more this last five years than it did in the previous five years. That's my perspective of just like, you know, the community, the businesses that serve other businesses and and as the sellers in general as it's it gets bigger every year and as long as that's true like it's a rocket well shane thank you so much for coming to chat you know talk about the company you built you've worked on for a few years now is your moment actually i did ask you like is there any changes that you hope amazon would make about their review system yeah you know i think for the review system i think for me is I guess helping sellers more, right? Like I love the fact that people would use our services, but I honestly would love if Amazon was a little more proactive about helping sellers when they reach out, because that is very frustrating. Now that I built the business model off of them not responding, right? So that is our business is we know how to get them to respond. I wish Amazon would help out a little more in this, you know, it's bandwidth and, you know, all that kind of stuff, but it just becomes very frustrating as a seller, you know, to like get attacked and know that you're getting attacked. Look at stuff. I got somebody I talked to today. They said, we had three reviews. They all had the exact same picture from three different buyers. Like that just doesn't happen. 
right? Unless there's something funny going on. And they know it sucks when you look at it, you know that something's going on and there's you're helpless. There's nothing you can do. So if Amazon's listening, I love you. I appreciate you. You're an amazing platform. You're mature. I will continue to love you. But if you could just listen to sellers a little more, I would really appreciate it. They've had worse pieces of feedback that they get on the regular than what you gave. You were very thoughtful. Well, thanks for jumping on. We'll wrap up the podcast. Thanks everyone for listening in and for the listeners that are subscribed and keep things going. So we'll catch you on the next week's episode. And with that, take care, everyone. One, two, three.